Nick, I need you to tell me something sensational. Uh, and I want you to do so in a way that might be kind of loud. And then I want you to, while you're doing it, watch the waveforms on Audacity. I want to know, are you maxing out your audio this week? Because, Nick, you did an uh, exceptionally, exceptionally good job of maxing out your audio last week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, as I'm laughing here, it's uh, it's very maxed out. It looks very, Nicholas. very maxed out. Okay. Uh, What's the why? problem? What's the problem? Like, did you switch what? your thing to, like off of the cardioid or like no i don't think no? is, it, uh, is here, it like way closer is it accidentally way too close uh wait which one's the cardio is the cardio the one with the the small bump or is it the circular one yeah it's like the small bump that looks like a yeah, heart yeah, or something that's what i have it on okay um it, sh- it shouldn't be any closer uh i haven't changed any is your game, audio setting is your gain like way high or like or something like that um, uh sound my, setting my recording sound volume is high why is my recording volume 92 percent? i don't think i usually have that it seems 92%. way too high i feel like you normally were like at like 10 percent or something oh man <laughs> uh i mean here let me do like 50 let's see how okay. that looks okay okay jeffrey this is sensational uh, wow i can't wow. believe that it's amazing it's i okay. barely maxed mine out how'd you do on yours not not quite maxed out like i'd say like uh 80 of the visual space i know it says that's, that's fine like, if you didn't, okay. like, just max out every word you said, that's honestly, like, 95% better than what you did last <laughs> week. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know uh, what happened, Jeff. Okay, how about that right there? How much of that was maxed out? Just a little uh, like exasperation? 50%, 50, like 50% of the visual space on Audacity. Oh, you're great, then. All right. Uh, let's do this podcast, then. To the year we started a podcast. It's a podcast born Phoenix-like from the ashes of last year's podcast. I am your interrupting co-host, Jeff. And I am your interrupted co-host, Nick. <laughs> this is our podcast where we uh, like to talk about some of the things that are fun and interesting to us. Uh, I skip part of it. Nick, what's, what do I normally say? I want you to take a shot at it. I like... Uh, I, I am your co-host, Jeff. Uh, and then uh, you, no, no, no. And like, there's a podcast where a couple of friends have a continent part that want to come together and talk about the things that are fun and interesting to us. Dang, that's great. And our intro topic, Nick, what is it this week? I'm, I'm seeing blank spaces here. Uh... You got to come up with it, Nick. Sometimes I fly with that. All uh... right, Jeff. So okay. have you ever, how do you feel about birds, Jeff? Tell me about birds. What are your opinions on birds? Oh, man. I wish I had something actually interesting to say. Um, I, I'll I, just dive into my topic if you want. If, if you, have, if you, don't have you know what, Nick? Okay, here's here's the thing. <laughs> Behind the scenes, I have been excited for this week of this podcast for three weeks now, I think, or something like that. Okay. Um, I am less prepared than I would like to have been, but I nonetheless am extremely, extremely bold text. I am extremely excited for this week. I know. Um, so, Nick, you know what? Screw it. There, we don't need an intro topic. We're just going to dive into whatever it is that you were going to talk about, and then I'm going to take over from here. Because, like, I am so, 
Do so you, excited. You just want to lead with a big with a big topic. Oh, you can just no, lead no, no, it. No, 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 because no, no. like I, I want to, I want to know how this goes. Because I want to know how many minutes I have. Because like, if, <laughs> if if this accidentally turns into like a thirty minute Jeff, topic, I, I'm okay with this just being like all your topic as Nicholas, long as you want to talk. Nicholas Azure, no, tell me your topic. We need some sort of thing other than what I'm going to okay. talk about. I can't do one topic. It's it's, right. it's too much. Um, so Jeff, do you consider yourself a rational person? Wow, no, I consider myself to be extremely irrational. No, Nick, yes, I, I definitely think of I, myself I, as a rational. I, I thought human that being. you would. I thought that you would. When I when I said that, Jeff, I had a feeling in my heart that you weren't going to say you're a big dumb dumb who's irrational. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Um, okay, so what about you do you think is rational? Can you like define that for yourself? Hey, Nick, can I just pause? Like, I just want to. Yeah. I'm yeah. not going to say why yeah. I feel the way that I feel, but. Because of this topic and because of the preparation that I've done, I feel I I I I, I do feel like I'm a rational person. But I feel like <laughs> like you'll you everybody will understand why later on. I feel extraordinarily <laughs> irrational yeah, right now. You've um, done a lot of work. You've done a lot of work this week to make yeah. it uh, yes. <laughs> Okay, why do I feel like what was the question? Because like I got so distracted by how seen I felt. Um, uh, so why do I feel like I'm a rational yeah. person? Yeah. Um, I like like literally tearing away all the jokes and stuff. I I genuinely feel like the reason why I feel like I'm a rational person is because I I'm the sort of person that really likes to find reasons why or uh, uh, things that are contrary to what I would, uh, consider to be my belief system. Like I, I'm, I'm happy to seek that out cause I want to be wrong in a way that I don't feel like necessarily is super popular to do nowadays. Like I, that is a really good answer, by the way. I, I think that's a fantastic answer. Oh, thank you. I'll just, honestly, I'm not going to make it any worse then. I'll just leave it at that. I, I'm happy and excited when I'm wrong because that means that I've figured out something that is. Uh, you, you found a way that you might be smarter, that you could be smarter, yeah, or you learn a exactly. new thing. Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Jeff, I don't want to dive into this forever because I Nick a, Nick Ager may have a problem with himself and may have a problem with like the idea of like critical thinking and rationality and logic puzzles and all that thing. I might have a small obsession, <laughs> a little um, bit, perhaps. But I read a really really good article. Uh, it's a very very long article. Uh, uh, titled why is it so hard to be rational that kind of got to a couple of questions about rationality that th- this article does it much better justice than I ever could but um, it's an interesting thing because I think everybody would call themselves rational the same way I think everyone would call themselves a good driver uh, I don't know if you've heard that stat before but it's something like 85% of people think that they are an above average driver which I'm checking the math hold on hold on check uh, that's not right. Uh, that's incorrect. That's an incorrect <laughs> assessment. Of, of I will. Our world. Uh, I'll go ahead and. Say, I mean, yes, that is statistically impossible. But right. also, I will at least. Uh, you know, I'll just let everybody know I'm a below average driver by all estimates. I'm pretty sure. Wait, really? So. I I didn't have any issues. Dri- I, I didn't have any issues driving with you. I always thank you. I appreciate that. Um, one of my greatest dreams in life is the fact that I may at some point be able to have a Tesla or otherwise self-driven uh, car where <laughs> I can read a book or take a nap or watch Netflix and it will perform better than I do, which again, like I said, is probably a pretty low bar. That is literally my dream. I, I 
I just, Some, I just someday, pl- Nick, in our lifetime, it will happen. Whether I it will. whether or not I'll be forty or eighty-five, we'll see. But it will happen in my lifetime. I just I just want to yell at people on uh, on an online video game while I'm driving. I want to, like change yeah, the rage out right? for video game rage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would love that. That would be so much better. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, okay, man. Okay, okay, okay. So the reason I say is this article does a really good job of making you kind of put rationality into a uh, a new framework and kind of not a framework, but like question yourself about rationality, which is all it's uh, which is itself a kind of uh, meta thing, which is a, uh, one of the quotes in here that I have that is like especially good as a like st- standing point. I think that like rationality is a very and ra- like being logical or rational is like a very broad thing um and it's very vague uh so this this one had a quote about this uh this uh guy weber from the uh the early 20th century uh and they said he talked about rationality in many different ways we can practice the instrument uh, the instrumental rationality of means and ends how do i get what i want and the rationa- the value rationality of purposes and goals do i have good reasons for wanting what i want we can pursue the rationality of effect. Am I cool, calm, and collected? Or develop the rationality of habit. Do I live in an ordered or rationalized life? Uh, so the, the reason I say is all of those things are completely separate from each other. How do I get what yeah. I want is entirely different from do I have good reasons for wanting what I want is different from is my life in order, right? Like all of those things are completely separate, but they all would fit under the umbrella term rationality to me. Am I, am I out of line? No, definitely. Like, I 100% agree. I'm very curious to hear exactly where you're going with this, because this is, I don't know, it's interesting. There's, I'm not going anywhere in particular. I don't want to dive into this too hard. Um, but just, I realized, uh, like, pretty recently that I am overly influenced by things that are also, like, uh, entertaining, but not, like, not just, like, funny or whatever, but, like, entertaining in a kind way, in a way that is trying to be intelligent like or witty or like empathetic those things make me just super inclined to believe in the logic behind somebody and uh Mm -hmm. that's like and i don't usually question the logic is the reason i say um to to step away from what i was originally doing i i but uh i don't feel like i live up to those last uh those last listed examples of rationality um the particularly the one of do i live in ordered or rationalized life my life is I do not have good habits. I don't have good, uh, like, I don't have super good diligence. I just sometimes brute force myself into doing the things that I know I should do at times. And I don't think that's a very, <laughs> like, rational way to live my life. It's not like, hey, hey, you know, I'll exercise on this at this time and I'll get work done at this other time and I'll sleep at this time. It's just, you know, at some point in t- time, I tell myself, Nick, you have it exercised you gotta go actually work out or you're gonna just get fat again and it's fat the reason i brought this up is uh, the the reason that i was fixated this and i wanted to talk about it with you today is uh an author in here julia galef who also has a podcast and is co-founder of some whole thing whatever uh wrote in her book uh that she describes a scout mindset which can help you to quote recognize when you were wrong to seek out your blind spots to test your assumptions and change course she also like contrasts that with a soldier mindset, which is where you uh, defend your position at any cost. Hmm. And then she says that introspection is key to rationality. A rational person must practice what neuroscientist Stephen Fleming in Know Thyself, the Science of Self-Awareness, calls metacognition or the ability to think about our own thinking. 
quote, a fragile, beautiful, and frankly bizarre feature of the human mind. And I think that's really, uh, it, really key. And the reason I brought it up is because I thought I thought of you instantly. I, like I was reading this article and I was like, I can make this a whole long topic, but I was like, I just wanted to talk with you about it today. Uh, and I, I already feel like we've exhausted the topic a little bit, but it's super critical to try to think about your own thinking and why you are influenced the way you are and uh, why you already hold the beliefs that you hold. I think questioning the beliefs that you have already uh, set, like, and trying to justify them, like, now that you have them, instead of just assuming that they are right, because they've always been right, and you've always had them is like, very critical to uh, kind of being a more rational actor and being more in tune with your own values. Um, The the other one of the earlier options in here or not options but the earlier uh, examples that weber the first person uh, wrote about was the value of ra- value rationality of purposes and goals which is quote do i have good reasons for wanting what i want and i feel like that is an area where you and i probably would would hopefully uh feel like we're doing a good job i think about why i want the things that i want all the damn time like probably overthink it and i uh get the impression from you as well that you are very purposeful with your values um man Holy cow. Is this chuck full with different directions? Um, <laughs> I think for me, there's, I, so, I mean, I have two kids, so there's a lot of bias toward that. Yeah. Like I, I want my kids to grow up in a world that is, is uh, well suited for them as possible. Like that is like a biological influence that I cannot deny. Um, but aside from that, like, I feel like that's probably the case for most parents. Like, we want our kids to have a better or equal to life than what we had. I don't really know how else to say it other than that. Um, but yeah, like, that that's 100%. I am no, uh, I'm no exception to that. I, I, I think that's a very, like, noble and also, like, uh, purposeful, like purposeful is not the right word. It, it, that makes sense as a as a guiding point, like as a compass to to go off of, right? Because it it can like you know, I feel like there there's so many ways that that is affected by you you and Katie's decisions in life, right? It is in like in nuanced ways, but I don't feel like it's all that different than what I would have done anyways. Like I. I I love people like I love like regardless of all the other factors like I love people and I I want the best for civilization I want the best for our country and the things that we're going through but like also across the world like I I have lots of vested interest in how places that are far far worse off than we are and how they're doing and what they're childhood mortality rates are like i think we've even talked about that like i just i i want the general human experience to be better so i have read a lot of books recently nick yeah if you remember uh i've mentioned on this podcast and one of the things that got mentioned in passing in one of the books was uh some stuff about some advertising and we've talked about some advertising. We talk about advertising a lot, yeah. Occasionally, occasionally, I teased it in our last podcast and cut it immediately because I felt like it was. I feel like we should go into this uh, with a clean slate. So, so here's the deal, Nick. We 
we've done advertising for a long time in this country and yes. we have done an interesting job at understanding the effects of advertising along the way. I was listening to a book. Uh, it was uh, Made in America, which was yes. uh, a Bill Bryson book, not the one that I recommend listening to. The book I re- recommend listening to is A Brief Hi- History of Nearly Everything. But uh, this was another Bill Bryson book, and it uh, it did a good job of explaining some of the oddities in uh, North American language, which you wouldn't think was would be like super interesting. And to be quite honest, it occasionally was not super interesting. <laughs> but I really, really enjoyed hearing about how some of the advertising terms and advertising things came to be. And there was a passing reference to the book, The Vital Question. Okay. What Mc- is The Vital Question? The Vital Question was a cookbook, ostensibly, uh, with some ulterior motives. The the whole, like, early 1900s, very, 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 very weird with uh, respects to advertising. Like, they were definitely figuring out, like, what was effective, what was <laughs> moral, um, and all... Ignoring that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Ignoring that answer yeah. and doing other things uh, to the contrary. Um but no, so this was the, it wasn't even the early 1900s, Nick. I looked this up. This was published in the late 1800s, like 1895 oh, or something like that. Um, Can I tell you that there's like the difference between like 1890 and 1910 in my head is like the difference between a person who's never heard of electricity and like an industrial like factory. Even though I know you're not, not wrong, accurate. you're not all that wrong though. No? Like, okay, you're not too far off. So, okay, so there was this, uh, there was this book, and it was circulated in the late 1800s or early 1900s, and it was like in kind of when advertising was starting to figure out what advertising meant. And mm-hmm. I mentioned, I think it was last week, or maybe the week before. Where advertising back in the old days, it was much, <laughs> much more uncomfortably forward. When you say forward, do you mean like they're just outright blatantly advertising? Or do you mean like in some other kind of also uncomfortable way? It's like, I don't even know how to say this. It's like if you really, really, really liked Nike shoes. Okay. okay. Like, let's just make that assumption. And you were walking into the mall and there was a guy who was selling ice cream and he was like, man, this ice cream is really good, especially if you wear Nike shoes. It, it would be like stuff. It would be like, <laughs> it's like, like, wow, that's very transparent, sir. <laughs> like it's just it's very it's very weird because like it's like everybody should be aware that this was so overtly targeting people but it wasn't like people were not aware that this was a thing that existed and so like there were companies that took great great advantage of this uh the the fact that like they did not understand that like oh my gosh like these these people are very very much aware of how much money they can make and they're just doing it anyways and that's totally okay or not okay 
Right. Um, they're just they're just being they're trying very hard to manipulate you in a way that is like brazenly in the open about like hey hey there if you if you like Nike shoes you should know that people who like Nike shoes like these <laughs> like I'm picturing a guy in a top hat here. Okay. So Nicholas, I want to talk to you about shredded wheat. Okay. Have you talk had you. have you had shredded wheat? I don't think I have. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> Am I the worst? Oh wait, no, no, I've had shredded wheat cereals. So yeah, shredded wheat cereals, it, and then like that, there's also like triscuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Why am I saying no? Yeah, I've had tris- I've had plenty of triscuits. I actually kind of like triscuits. Um, so for 17 years, actually, um, there, like you, there was one company that could sell you shredded wheat. Well, is that because it like was illegal or something, or like, did they have? A, is it just a monopoly? Or oh yeah, no, that's super super interesting. You should ask. So um, they patented it. They patented patented it, <laughs> and so no other uh, company could make it. But it was so oh. ubiquitous that they lost their trademark on the words "shredded wheat," and As so they then, probably should have just. Yeah, which is really like obviously that seems natural to us now, but right. like 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 it is a really weird controversial thing because like Nick, if you if I ask you to go look up some stuff about shredded wheat, what would you go do to figure that out? Uh, Google it. You would Google it. Why why does Google still have the trademark on Google? Uh, because like. Theoretically, they are a search engine, and what you should say is, I would use a search engine to do, to use it. Also, because they have uh, a lot a lot of money to influence whether or not they're <laughs> that's, right. that's that's the one. Oh, okay. No, but oh, like really? their their excuse is is Google is a company that has a lot more things to do with things than Google, like than just Googling. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, which is just wild to even say that sentence because I literally am like. <laughs> it's hard with to it. say it because you're like, like yeah they they are a lot more than just a search engine uh giving results like they do other things yeah that is their excuse but like really the actual reason is because they are extremely wealthy and can pay lots of lawyers to make sure that they do not lose the ability to use google as a proprietary uh state or proprietary word but yeah, though it's really, really crazy. The the concept with that is called uh, genericide. Do you know any other uh, brands that you can think of that have gone through oh. genericide? God, you'll yes. you'll know them when I tell you. But yes, I mean, like, um, like isn't Tupperware not? Isn't Tupperware like the brand, and then uh, Pyrex Bowls like Pyrex is a brand, and I do like, think I, th- I think that's one of the examples. I'm not 100 percent sure, but that I, that does sound right. Yeah, but like so, both of those are examples. But there's a bunch of other examples that like my my brain's not coming to them because like I have a hard time with this. I have if a you, hard time if you yeah, if you if you cut yourself and you need to. Uh, ba- yes, band aids are a band aid is a brand, Band-Aid not actually is, it's, it's yeah. all bandage, right? Yeah. Um, Aspirin is one. Uh, you can't like aspirin. They lost their trademark because that was for a while what everybody called a pain reliever for a right. long time. Right. Um. But yeah, stuff like there's, that. There's others too. I God, I should I should know. There's a lot of food ones too, right? Aren't there? Like I, I know that you brought up shredded wheat, but like 
I my brain is like for some reason just going to, to cup noodles, which is not right. Like that's not a good example, but like <laughs> it's but it's kind of a good example. Uh, it's I mean it's it's not one that I bet would lose its its trademark or anything like that. But I'm pretty sure there's a lot of food ones that like we call foods by a snack name, and it's like not that's not what it is. That is 100 percent true. Uh, foods are a popular one. Uh, shredded wheat was a a brand. That was eventually uh, victimized by uh, genericide. It was. It's a really interesting thing because they actually like really tried to promote stuff like that. Uh, like shredded wheat was the way that you would describe that particular food. In the same way that like aspirin or band aids, they were the way that you would describe that. And then what they realized later on through, you know, the court system was that actually is a very bad strategy. You do not want your, your, your brand to become the, uh, ubiquitous name for what a particular product is called because then you lose your trademark for that. It's a very weird thing. But anyways, Is is that why all of the examples that we can, that I can think of are things that have been around for a damn long time? Like, I imagine that yes. that's because they're brands that, like, you know, didn't, like, have already gone through that process and therefore, like, is that, does that make sense? Like, there probably wouldn't be a new brand trying to do that outright nowadays, right? No, that is, like, a thousand, a thousand percent the case. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm derailing. Go ahead. So, Nick, I was reading one of these books. I was reading Made in America. I was, like, uh, on chapter 40, something rather. I may cut in the actual text uh, to this quote. Typical of the genre was a turn-of-the-century tome called The Vital Question Cookbook, which was promoted as an aid to livelier meals, but which proved upon receipt to contain 112 pages of recipes, all involving the use of shredded wheat. Many of these had a certain air of desperation about them, notably the shredded wheat biscuit jellied apple sandwich and the creamed spinach on shredded wheat biscuit toast. Almost all, in fact, involved nothing more than spooning some everyday food onto a piece of shredded wheat and giving it an inflated name. Um, They released a book that was... I I don't know how else to say it other than propaganda for shredded wheat. (laughs) Um... They had some doctor testimonies. They had some dentist testimonies. They had some personal testimonies. Okay. About how shredded wheat was uh, beneficial, let's say. And <laughs> I, again, though, like, I'm not, I'm, I, in, in my mind, I am exaggerating this to some extent because I, I listened to literally just a couple sentences. And I thought, man, that would be really, really interesting if I could find the original, like, text for this. Because, like, this seems, like, totally up our alley. Like, we love talking about ridiculous advertising things. And, like, how kind of, like, crazy this sort of stuff can be. And so I looked it up. And I uh, I Googled, like, to find, like, a PDF of this, uh, this book. And I couldn't find anything. Like I found a couple things that were like the the like first two pages, which were completely useless because there's just like the intro page and and the publisher information. Like that's not super helpful. I tried to find um, actually anything of any substance, and I couldn't find anything. And uh, 
and I kept looking and using all my my Google skills, my Google foo there, using mm-hmm. uh, quotation marks around certain key phrases and stuff like that. I eventually found an article that referenced it and said that it was uh, kind of an artifact from that era, and it was a very rare uh, thing that you would be able to find today. And that made me think, like, man, you know where you can find random things is eBay. Oh, man. And so I searched eBay for this particular primary source, and there was one posted. And so I bought it out, and by golly, it was the thing. And I had it delivered, and it showed up My God. the day after we recorded last week. And I have read through this, and Nick... Is it there, hilarious? Is it there, terrible? There, there's some times where you're like, man, this was a crazy idea that I had. And, you know, it it, it wasn't nearly as, as hilarious as I thought Aww. or near as interesting as I thought or as engaging as I thought. This, this was. Oh, God. Oh, oh, I misheard you. I thought you were saying that it wasn't as good. It's like, oh, it's sad. Nicholas, saying, Nicholas, like, Nicholas. Oh, my God. Yes. Man, I have so much to talk to you about this. I, I know. First off, um, I want our audience to know I I did uh, order this thing off the, the old eBay. And the timeline for this was uh, this was originally printed, the copy that I got. Yeah. Do you want to take a guess? Uh, 1896. Wait, didn't I tell you this already? You said 1895 was when some of this stuff was happening. Yeah, it was basically... Yeah, 1897, I think this particular copy was printed. Jeez. So we're talking about something that is over 120 years old. And I, at first, wondered, like, how much do I care about, like, uh, maintaining the integrity of this document that I have gotten? And, like, I was going to bring some home, bring home some uh, sticky notes so I could, like, mark it up without messing things up. Um, Actually, this is not even a question. Nick, here's... What I came to the conclusion of, I really appreciate this 120-year-old... You can hear it here. Okay. This 120-year-old document. Um, yeah. But I have earmarked and underlined and etc. the hell out of this thing. <laughs> and I I just decided, like, it was like, man, if, if somebody was going to go in my house in 100 years from now and find some random thing that I had... Uh, saved up uh, that was like some advertisement more or less I would be more than happy if they just marked it up so True. I've, it's I've marked up ultimately it's an advertisement Jeff if you mark up I, an advertisement it's, it's but I like felt, a beautiful I did, piece of literature I did feel a little bit dirty about at, like marking up this thing that is literally four times I'm 20 I'm yeah. 32 four, like times, four, four, times. four times older than I am this I thing mean, I get that but also like dude it's it's an ad. It's okay. That, that, this isn't. If it was Shakespeare, I'd, if it was Orwell, I'd get that. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> um, oh man. So here we go, Nick. Do you have any questions before we dive into this? This is no. This is this is going to be a shredded wheat ad, right? Like this is. It's yeah. I guess. It's, or it's shredded wheat propaganda, which is the weirdest thing yeah, of all time. Yeah, prop, propaganda. Okay, I feel much better <laughs> about starting this. Cause. So, uh, let me say before, uh, we talked about this in my episode with uh, uh, the, where we did, uh, where we talked about Edward Bernays, where that was my topic. 
Um, like propaganda was a different thing back then. Like advertising was very young and propaganda had kind of existed in forms, but like not the same way we have it now. And I think the reason that it feels so blatant and forward to you is that like we've spent the last hundred years gradually being like, hey, you can't just like try to, if you tell me what to <laughs> think, if you just tell me, yeah, this stuff's great, it'll make you strong. And I, I don't have any reason to believe that, then like, I'm not going to believe it. And we've moved towards way more subtle things where it's like, the advertisement for beer isn't saying like, oh, it'll make women like you. It just puts the guy who's drinking the beer next to a bunch of people having fun. And also they're all attractive. And also, you know what I mean? And like, I think that propaganda was just a norm. I think it was just a thing, dude. Nick, this, do you want to, do you want to take a guess at how many copies this sold? I hate doing this. I always do this all the time. I, but. I'd guess like in the low thousands or something. Yeah. It's kind of like that, except for 4 million copies back what? in 1900. What? Yeah. What? So this was a big freaking deal. What the like, heck? I just want you to put that in perspective. Four million copies this had, which is uh, like probably back then, like one out of every, you know, f- handful of households. So this this is ridiculous. But, yeah, what? But keep in mind how how widespread it was. Okay, I, I, I digress. Okay. <clears throat> On the topic of diet. If he eats unnatural food, he becomes unnatural. In- yes. <laughs> in harmonious, yes, true. In, our, in harmonious, sickly, and cross. Wow. Okay. Uh, he takes medicine and increases its unnaturalness. Unnaturalness. Okay, if you take medicine, it is natural for men to be strong and vigorous, physically, mentally, morally, and nothing but natural food will make this condition possible. The most natural food is the food that best nourishes each element of the body in proportion to its natural requirements. Now, hold on. Say, okay. That, that, <laughs> that felt like that was not – that didn't follow to me. But, you know, what, what, I'm, I'm willing to believe. Okay, just continue. You're good. You're good. <clears throat> in proportion to its natural requirements. The, the, the same intelligence that designed man made provision for the material suited to the requirements of the design, among which the marvelously perfect food product, whole wheat. Among which is the marvelously perfect food product, the marvelously perfect product. The marvelously perfect food product. <laughs> what? This is good. Um, this is fantastic. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. Quality yeah. stuff. Oh, we are we are just getting started. Uh, it goes then on to talk about all the actual uh, details of how whole wheat and specifically uh, shredded wheat is manufactured. Um, okay. And then we're going to dive back in here. Okay. So shredded whole wheat biscuits are the wonder of the age. When you eat them, you secure all the food properties that are there and all you could get suited for the nutrition if you ate all the kinds of food. This is quite the bold claim, so I just want to start over. If you ate all the kinds of food in existence. That's that's quite the claim. Good Good start. All these properties are in the correct proportions to build and sustain under normal conditions all the elements of the body. Shredded whole wheat biscuits for the first time 
give people a whole wheat food that is actually taking place in a starch-made bread and is capable of being used at every meal in a great variety of ways. They take the place of meat, for they contain all what? the elements of nutrition. What? Okay, okay. We're, they contain uh, all the elements of nutrition. What? Look, Nick, we're not diving in too deep because, I mean, they make the claim. That is what it is. They they contain all the elements of nutrition. Nick, all of them. He, I, before this, it's all just fun and games, but I do want to go through these next two parts because I okay. do feel like, me as a parent, these are... Before <laughs> the most ridiculous. Okay. <clears throat> we may be pardoned for our enthusiasm concerning your food product in the view of the, the fact that we have three healthy children who live practically upon shredded wheat biscuits. The baby in particular is uh, amenable. The strongest and, baby. <laughs> no doubt, largely due to the food that uh, she subsists upon, uh, says Edwin Maynard of Maryland. But then here's here's what I love. Here's the next quote. I mean, my <clears throat> Nick and like, look, you don't you don't have kids. I have kids. I feel okay. like you might be able to find some problems with this. Okay, I'm gonna try and <sighs> here we go. My baby has been fed on nothing but shredded wheat biscuits since he was eight months old. Now hold on. I will say I did hear from a very reputable source that uh, that shredded whole wheat biscuits uh, actually contain all of the nutrients of food, um, even meat. <laughs> even meat. So I I do think this is actually a very good decision. It's probably okay. the only thing you should feed your child. Well, continue. let's let's continue. Uh, yeah, since he was eight months old, and he has perfect digestion, most beautiful teeth. 17 of them, and he is only 20 months old. They came through with no disturbance of any kind. Uh, sounds real. <laughs> that sounds very real. <laughs> sounds like a real thing that happens to real people that definitely did did happen. I have a two and a half year old who has that many teeth or somewhere around there, and yeah, she definitely has only eaten shredded wheat, I'm pretty sure. I don't know, ask her, but... <laughs> Um, okay. All right. okay. We, we okay. need to continue. We need to continue. Wait, wait, so I'm, I'm out of touch with, with child development of teeth. Is that just like a normal amount <laughs> and a normal like development of teeth? Or is that just like... like it's a pretty aggressive say, amount of teeth, but like the biggest thing is like... When they say that they came in perfectly and everything? Perfectly without any issue. Like every kid has problems with their teeth. Like they get so mad. But yeah. also, but also from eight months until 20, whatever the frick, you didn't just have shredded wheat. Like, that's not <laughs> yes, a thing that happened. That's an untrue statement. <laughs> I'm starting to get more upset. Okay, Nick, <laughs> here's a day's menu. This I got past all the... Okay, here. Okay, let me let me explain how this is structured. So, the first part is the, the, um, the importance of shredded wheat in the diet. And there was all these, uh, these people that gave testimonials about how great shredded wheat was. Yeah, of course. And then they had some basic uh, menu items that were uh, shredded wheat inclusive. And then they had like 200 recipes of shredded wheat recipes. And they are, by all, by all means, by all means, Nick, desperate in their inclusion <laughs> 
of shredded wheat, but we'll get to that. Um, well, <clears throat> I like that they're like I can't I I got it I cannot think of two hundred. <laughs> Nick, okay, like, I'll I'll help you. I'll help you. You know what? We'll get to it, but I'll help you. So, what is what are your favorite foods, Nick? Um, I don't know burgers. Okay, I like burgers, like like hamburgers, cheeseburgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hamburger. Hamburger. You like a hamburger? What kind of what kind of sides do you like? Sides. Yeah. I don't know. Fries. Fries are good. Have you thought Shit. about instead of fries, some shredded wheat? Because that's basically how this goes. <laughs> I like that. It's, wait, wait. Do you mean like shredded wheat fries or just like, no, you don't like fries. You, you like No, wheat? no, no, sh- no. Fries are great, Nick. I just mean like in addition to the fries, maybe some shredded wheat. Oh, okay. Okay. Because that's literally how this goes. I, I'll get into I have a couple of them bookmarked. It's basically how their recipes go are imagine a recipe. Okay. In your mind. Imagine okay. a recipe. Okay. And then just do that plus shredded wheat as a like addition, like as a I don't know if it's a main part of <laughs> like, that recipe. Like you could have roast, or you could have roast with shredded wheat. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you have your hamburger, you could have your hamburger with fries, or you could have your hamburger with fries and shredded wheat. Like that's an option you, too. Yeah, dummy. You dummy. You should have thought of that the first time. You dummy. I'm gonna Did you read. Know, we uh, had all the all the nutrients of food. <laughs> all right, shut up. All right, here we go. Um, this is the first uh, menu option for a day's menu of shredded wheat. Or okay. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. This is a day's menu uh, for the people that care about their diet. Like this is this is well, ideal. Okay. For breakfast, you could either choose one of the, one of these two. You could have shredded wheat biscuits with cream. Or shredded wheat uh, fish balls with a shredded wheat drink. I just, I just, hold on. My my body re- rejected the, I, the I second pick one. one they said. <laughs> I was going to say, I'd pick one of the two there. Um, yeah. For lunch, you could have a shredded wheat biscuit and butter. That seems fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, shredded wheat biscuit with egg toast. Okay. Uh, you could have, sh- <laughs> you could have strawberry shortcake with wheat. Shred drink as uh, a lunch. What are the what? Those three words you use these words. Wheat, wheat shred, drink. shred drink. Those those yeah. words don't belong in that order or together. You know, like, like protein shakes these days. Uh, same thing. Wheat shred drink. Wheat shred drink. Of course. Okay. It's bad. Okay. Um. This is where we get back to the part where it's like, oh, you're just doing things with. <laughs> stuff. So for dinner, the, again, we're talking about the first recipe. Uh, you can do cream of asparagus soup, a la shredded wheat. You can do fish chops, whatever that means. So I assume it has shredded wheat. Mushrooms and shredded wheat biscuit baskets. You can have uh, cream spinach on shredded wheat biscuit toast. You can have chocolate <laughs> jelly with a wheat shred drink. Again. What? What? <laughs> What what is that sentence? Chocolate jelly with a wheat shred. <laughs> I can just put words together too. You should have basketball speaker jelly. You should. <laughs> what this? I'll tell you what. Here's the thing that I've got. Like here's here's a note that I'll have. I, I have lots of notes uh, on okay. this. Uh, shredded wheat with a good amount of salt is pretty good. Okay. Um, which is that? That's one of my that's one of my probably triscuits. Basically, I, I don't actually know if triscuits Nicholas, have salt or not. Nicholas, but I, no brand names yet. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. There. Okay, 
To accommodate those who do not believe in the use of salt or prefer very little to no salt is now used in making shredded wheat, whole wheat biscuits. Uh, those who relish, this is this is where I feel very seen. <clears throat> those who relish or feel that they require salt may add to taste, which <laughs> in our day and age is not required. Uh, it just has the salt. Okay, so that that's one of my bookmarks. Hold on. I feel very seen too. Just don't don't worry. This is shredded wheat biscuit gruel. Sounds delicious. Ah, uh, that's one pint of water, uh, one quarter teaspoon of salt, one shredded wheat biscuit, one cup of milk. Uh, you bring the water to a boil. Add the salt and the biscuit. Cook for twenty minutes, stirring occasionally. And then you add the milk, let it heat, and then if there's an infant that is eating this, uh, then you strain. Otherwise, they're good to go. Great. 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 <laughs> Mouth-watering. Mouth-watering. Man, where I don't I? hate everything yet. I have lots of other things. Give, give, me, your best dev. give me your best dev on the, on the menu. Here's, okay, here's where I got to. Nick, we could play this game of reading terrible, terrible, terrible things off of this uh, hundred and some odd year uh, cookbook. The essential th- question. <sighs> what is the ex- exactly is the essential question? I'm sorry. Is is it like how how good is shredded wheat? And the answer is very good. Is that the question is how important is shredded wheat? And the answer is as much uh, importance as you could possibly give it, given the money that we're willing to spend. I see. You could have just put an infinity symbol and then a little plus one afterwards. Okay. But here, Nick, I, I didn't want to just like hang crap on this thing. Like there's, there's, there's a lot. Um, let me see. I had, I don't want to offend shredded wheat. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, I gave you the gruel thing. Um, but. Uh, shredded wheat gruel, Jeff. I don't want shredded wheat gruel. Jeff, I don't uh, want shredded wheat gruel, okay? No, but I did want to see if any of this was any good. Did you make some of this? Um, I haven't, but I do have all the things to make uh, shredded wheat olive sandwiches. Huh. And I was, if it's okay with you, I was planning on maybe doing that on this podcast, if that's okay. <laughs> that's pretty okay with me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, how it works is um, you have, uh, you're supposed to split the shredded wheat biscuit, which shredded wheat biscuit I actually have had in my life, but for the whole intents and purpose, being able to do anything in uh, any reasonable amount of time is you just have to do the Triscuit. Like that, like that is what shredded wheat is for us here in America. Um, but there's two different types. There are the um, shredded wheat with black olives and shredded wheat with the uh, green olives. Do you have any feelings on either one of these, or any predictions on to which one will be terrible or not terrible? Um, I mean, I don't think that either of these sound like mouthwatering. To be honest with you, like, I mean, they sound pretty like bland to go with olives, but like olives are good. Uh, I guess you like I slightly, olives. I do. That's helpful. That's helpful. It okay. is. Okay. I I, sl- I guess I prefer black olives, but I'm not like averse to either. So yeah. Okay. So do you have a prediction for black olive versus like you think black well, olives can be better? Or I, I think black olives better? are pretty e- e- universal. Like so, I assume they'll be a little better. I like I like both quite a lot. We'll see. Okay, I'll take okay. one bite of both. You ready? 
Yeah, I'm ready. That was the black one. Uh, black olive. It was very good. Okay, okay. Would you very... say that it has all the all the, the, the nutrients of food? <laughs> mm. Mm. Green olives, 10,000 times better. Holy okay. cow. That's so Shredded good. Shredded wheat, olive sandwich. Shredded wheat, cream cheese, green olives. It's so much. That is, that is what's up. Oh, my gosh. Man, that was okay. so good. Okay. Yeah. I, like, man, we need to figure out how to handle the <laughs> all the, you know, the fact that you can. Like, hold on just a second. I just have another bite. Yep. That's delicious. I mean, I'm jealous, man. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank you, book from 100 years ago. Yeah. All of sandwiches. Split and toast the biscuit. Spread the halves with um, Newfoundland cheese, which I looked up, and the closest thing that you can do with that these days without having to go way outside of your way is uh, with cream cheese, which that's easy enough to find. And you sprinkle thickly with minced olives and press together uh, between the chips, and there you go. So, yeah, olive, olive sandwiches, they give a thumbs up. Okay, okay. Now, so now, Jeff. Now that you have this this excellent cookbook, which has given you a one hundred percent success rate, are you willing to convert to the shredded wheat li- lifestyle? Sorry, I'm just I'm having such a good time. Eating I know this I now. can tell. Um, no the the more you read into this, the more you realize like how ridiculous all the things are. But um, but if if you are explicitly asking me, do I enjoy the things that I've tried recently? The answer is yes. Do I think that that is probably the most uh, common result from having uh, these sort of things? No. How did you feel about the, about the cream of wheat gruel? Did you, <laughs> did you do that one yet? No, I did not. But okay, I do feel pretty confident about how I'd feel about that, which is poorly. Huh. Okay. It's shocking, I'm sure. Take, take your word for it. Take your word for it. Anyways, I had a lot of fun. I uh, I originally wanted to find a pdf version of this and i could not find it and on a whim found it on uh on ebay and then in real life and read through it all there's a lot more where that comes from as far as interesting stupid things that came from this stupid book um it's it's very over the top but in that like old school like professional composed kind of way that like almost hides that it's over the top do you know what i mean mm-hmm. i'm sure that as you read it more like you were realizing it more and more and i was like almost caught off guard by how formal and professional sounding it, it was when you were reading it and then i was, thought about it for like half a beat and i was like did that just say it has all the nutrition did it just say that it has all the nutrition that's a little bit of a thinking that it would be fun to find the primary source for this and then actually having in person the primary source for this I've it was it was very very satisfactory. <laughs> I I've really really enjoyed it a lot. So I'm glad uh, you were able to come along and and hang out with me while we went through just the ridiculousness of uh, man people a hundred years ago talking about advertising and such. I've destroyed this hundred year old book and I feel a little bit bad about that. But you know what? If I would have Kept a journal think, and somebody tore it up for me, too. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Think of the artistic value that was lost by you <laughs> taking away this, this beautiful fine. tome. <laughs> it's the fine. Essential to, the essential question. 
This is this is the one last one. All right. Well, oh, Nick, this is the this is the one last one book. I was waiting for you to give me one more quote from it. I'm I'm, I'm big dum dum. I was like, okay, what's the one last one? What's oh no, this is the one <laughs> last one last thing. Oh, you, I'll find a random quote. I'm just gonna pick randomly. Give me here. give me one more good quote to go out on. Of okay, hold on. Okay, I haven't even finished this sentence. I just read the first like five words. I don't, I, know where this is, I don't know where this is going. We're going there together. Okay, so this is the first sentence before this. In the foregoing pages, it will be observed that shredded wheat uh, and the shredded wheat biscuit are described as a reliable standard of food. The Here we go. This is the sentence. The phosphatic properties, the brain, nerve, bone, and tooth-building material, sometimes called mineral matter or ash, the nitrogenous properties the muscle and flesh formers in the following table under the head of protein the fat properties fat formers and heat makers the carbohydrates or fat and heat making properties contained in shredded whole wheat biscuits as usually served, accompanied with milk, cream, butter, make them a well-balanced food for all persons under normal conditions. That, Nicholas, is a sentence to finish on. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what the I, hell? I did my absolute best to read that without like stuttering but like my gosh that was very hard to consolidate into a coherent thought because begoli that that's insane oh my god that's really good that's really good anyways nick um i am happy to declare this is the point at which we should probably wrap things up um we need to go record our patreon only podcast if you want to listen to that you can check it out at the you were started another podcast uh on patreon that is patreon.com forward slash tywasap you can also follow us at tywasap on twitter facebook instagram tiktok and youtube uh you can also find all of that at tywasap.com thank you nicholas uh and also thank you nicholas for potting with me for better or worse here we are (laughs) You're welcome. This has been the year we started the podcast. Thank you for listening.